Is it on? Welcome to the Shant Show with your hosts, Curtis, Josh, Mario, and Jordan. yards per attempt. Eight scores on ten drives. Seven sacks. And a win in Conway, South Carolina. Those are the stats from Saturday afternoon that stand out to me. Those are the stats that should stand out to every Coastal Carolina fan. And they're the stats that should piss off every Coastal Carolina fan. This was not a defeat. This was not a loss. This was a humbling and an embarrassment. Coastal Carolina, and I will say this again for the second post-game podcast in a row, is not a good football team. Call me out in the comments. Reply to our tweets all you want. I'm right. You're wrong. End of discussion. 49-21 to 21 in a game where Coastal Carolina gave up to a running back who came into this game with 250 yards rushing on the entire season. They allowed him to rush for 256. Thank God that they did because now Josh and Mario both owe me two dinners. Because I said they would owe me dinner if Coastal Carolina gave up a 100-yard rusher. Well, they did that one and a half times over. I predicted this two months ago. I predicted this last week. And I knew it was coming. I'm not surprised by this. This doesn't catch me off guard. This team deserved to be humbled and embarrassed in this fashion. This defense deserved to be exposed for the frauds that they are. And this team needs to finally have the wake-up call that they should have had after every single game this season. We talked before this podcast started about how if Coastal Carolina had lost to Gardner-Webb or to Army, that they would be in a much better place. But because they kept scraping by... They assumed that scraping the bottom of the barrel was good enough. Old Dominion finally put Coastal in its place. Hopefully they knock some sense into Coach Chadwell and the rest of his staff. Hopefully they inspired this group of players to play like the players we know they could be. And hopefully this is the only blemish on an otherwise great season. I don't know that for certain yet, but Saturday was humbling. Josh, I know it's hard to follow up a monologue like that, but I'm going to turn to you. What were your initial takeaways from Saturday afternoon? Yeah, so, I mean, I couldn't really have put it much better myself. I don't have quite the monologue, but, I mean, it's just Coach Chadwell gets into the press conference and talks about how we weren't as good as we thought we are. I mean, basically says a lot of things that we've been saying over the last couple weeks, but admits it's really hard to convince your players to work on shit when you're hiding behind wins. Like 6-0, and scraped by every team we played. Teams that we haven't played a good team yet, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe Georgia Southern, but they're okay. They're okay at best. And it's like Old Dominion exposed every flaw that we've had except the soft coverage all game and – I mean, they took it to us, and in some regards, I think this is way better, way better for the team than losing a heartbreaker because we got embarrassed on homecoming. We had a full sold-out crowd, and let me get this out of the way now. The fans did a good job. They only left when you gave them something to leave about. I'm going to say that right now. They did a great job, and when you didn't play, and we took our starters out with nine minutes left to go, like, no, don't, don't come at me with fans being leaving and not giving you motivation. But I just, first of all, 42 rushing attempts 
for Coastal Carolina. This is something that I've given hate to all, all, all season. We try to establish the run so many times, and we throw the ball. I don't even, don't even get me started because Grayson McCall, 83% completion percentage, 358 yards and three touchdowns, but you ran the ball 42 times with an average of 2.1 yards per carry. This team has got to stop getting over themselves that they're going to be a running football team first. They have one of the best quarterbacks in the country. The receivers did great, but, I mean, I, I really don't know what else much to say other than there's got to be a, a mindset flip in this team, and we cannot think we're a running team anymore. And we already know our defense. We'll get into our defense, but our defense is not good. And you know what you have to do when your defense isn't good? You have to pass the ball. So, I don't know. It was embarrassing. I was on the sideline for the whole game. The life was sucked out of the stadium, and – it was an embarrassing day to be a Sean, especially when I grew up 20 minutes from Old Dominion, and I have so many people hitting me up while I'm on the sidelines. It was an embarrassing day to be a Sean, one of the most embarrassing I've ever had. Yeah, um, it's really hard to put into words, you know, how bad, you know, this defeat was because, you know, for the second consecutive year, we have not been able to win a homecoming game. And it's kind of got us feeling some type of way, you know, because, you know, last year, of course, you know, we, you know, injuries happened, you know, Grayson didn't play, you know, that's one thing. But, you know, we weren't at 100% this year, but, you know, to a two and three Old Dominion team, for them to come into our house on homecoming, we got a lot of alumni, we got a lot of people coming back for the game, for them to come in. And we've also said it in the old podcast, especially with the Georgia State, you know, coming to your opponent's trap and take over your trap. They came and took over Brook Stadium. And I hate to say it, but, you know, it is what it is. You know, they did. You know, I got off of work and saw that we were down by 21 points going into the fourth quarter. And Old Dominion was on the goal line about to score again. Like, I don't know what's going on with some of these players. I feel like some of these players feel like they're on a five-star level. And I'm not trying to call nobody, but I need for some of these players to wake up because we were on national television. Uh, We were on national television. We were not on ESPNU. We were on – I mean, not ESPNU. We were not on ESPN+. Plus. We were on ESPNU. You know, it was millions of people that watched us get our, our butts whooped last last Saturday. This was not a good look for coastal football at all. You know, for, for recruits and, and for people who, you know, were potentially thinking about coming down to coastal, you know, might have changed their mind about coming to play at Surf Turf. And I hate to be like that, but that's what happens when you play on national television and you don't come to play. And, you know... Me and Josh were talking yesterday, and, you know, Gerard Clark, he said in the postgame Saturday that they were looking forward ahead. They were looking ahead towards Marshall and App State, and we literally were on this podcast. Every single one of us, Curtis, Mario, myself, Josh, we said that you cannot take anybody lightly, that you had to take every game seriously, or else we were going to fumble, and look what happened. Like this is this is bad in so many ways. And you know, hats off to Grace McCall because, you know, Josh was saying how he was frustrated, how he wanted to continue to keep playing, how he didn't want to come out of the game, how the coaches pulled all the starters out. He wanted to plead his case to get still play this game. He still wanted to go out there and try to come back from a twenty one point deficit. And the coaches didn't let him play. So I don't know. Something's got to change. I hope. And you know what? I'm glad that we're not playing next week. It gives the players a chance to have this bad taste in their mouth for a whole nother week before we can get ready to play against Marshall. So this is this is one of the worst defeats I think I've ever seen Coastal have in the last three years. But hopefully – Hopefully, you know, our players are looking at themselves in the mirror 
and they're going to say to themselves, we got to take every game seriously now. Now, good thing about this loss, you still got everything you can accomplish. You can still make it to a New Year's Six. You can still go out and do the things that you want to accomplish. But the thing is, is how are you going to respond to it? How do you want to be remembered? That's the thing you got to ask yourself. How are you going to come out to play against Marshall in two weeks? So I'm just – I'm eager to see how they respond. But, you know, I'm just <laughs> – I didn't expect to lose by, you know, over 21 points. I can tell you that. I'm still shocked at it. But, you know, Mario, you got the floor. Let's see what you got to say about it. All right, look. The only good thing about this entire loss, in my opinion, is the fact that I don't got to get a tattoo. That's the only thing. Okay, now that's gone. Like, thank God, because I was not going to get it, because I was going to be real. If I had to look at a tattoo that said, we stayed humble for this team, I was going to be a little upset. But you know what? Like, I've been hearing, like, a saying lately, and it's kind of weird as coming in full effect right now. And the saying is, the loudest in the room is the weakest in the room. And Coastal was that. They were loud. They were too loud. Kings of New York, baby. Kings of Atlanta. Shots of 6-0. Let's get it. Blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing. This loss that just happened to you guys, like we said, it should be a wake-up call. Y'all were not as good as y'all thought you were. Your own coach admitted that. You're not as good as you guys thought you were. And it's time to step up. Now, here's the other thing. Here's the one thing I'm here's the one thing I want to see. If that's me on there. Okay, and y'all can believe this if you want. If you don't, I don't give a, I don't give a shit. If that's me out there, if I took a loss like that, you best believe I'm not going home. You best believe I'm gonna do two things. I'm either gonna work on those scraps that I didn't get. I'm gonna I'm, or I'm gonna take that clicker. I'm gonna watch that film. You best believe that I'm gonna do something right after that game to make sure I improve. But you know what? You guys said basically everything else that I wanted to say. I want to go to what Jordan said. I, I completely agree with him. Let this bitter taste sit in your mouth. Let it sit on your taste buds. Let you taste this for a good two weeks. Because guess what? It, it's got to be that way. You that's, the best thing, that's the best thing that could happen to you guys. You guys got your asses handed to you. And the, and the only thing that's coming up next is a bye week. So now you guys got to sit with that. So when you go into this next game, there's two things you can do. You can either keep that bad taste in your mouth or you can wash it out with some mouthwash and you can get and you can become what you actually need to become. It's as simple as that. Um, But yeah, this team was not as good as we thought it was. I, I thought this team was going to win by 10. Josh thought this team was going to win by 10. Curtis thought this team was going to lose by a field goal. The fact that we got beat by 28 points, that's the worst we've gotten beat in probably three years. It's crazy. Like, it's absolutely nuts. And the other thing, too, is the other thing that I really want to understand and I really want to know, and I'm going to, and it's going to be revealed. We know how good of a leader Grayson is on that field. I want to know how good of a leader he is off that field. I want to know what you're going to do to get this team riled up. I want to know what you're going to do to bring this team together and to make them play the way they're supposed to be. Because guess what? He's a great leader on that field. The man had. Three TDs, 358 yards, 10, 10 yards per like per throw. Great leader on that field. But how good of, of a leader are you off that field? Okay, there's a difference between being great on that field and being great off of it. Okay, guys, okay, guys like Tom Brady, guys like Peyton Manning, these quarterbacks, they were great on the field. But you know what? You best believe that off the field they were doing stuff too to become great as well. When you're going up against Tom Brady, guess what? You can go to a nightclub, you can go party, do whatever you please. You can work out as much as you want. He's sitting at home with that clicker, dissecting you. You can do the same thing. Peyton Manning was the same way. So what is this team going to do to improve with the, in the come next game? You have a bye week. Let this bye week sit. Figure out what you got to do. You got two weeks to figure out what went wrong in that game and to correct it. And that just doesn't go for Grace McCall. It goes to the coaches as well. It goes to the veterans on this team as well. This right here, two things are going to happen. Coastal is going to crumble or they're going to rise. And I hope they rise. I really do. Because seeing something like this, like we said, it's embarrassing. You know, it is. I mean, I wasn't at the game. I had like academic priorities that I had to, you know, I had to focus on. But I'm looking at my phone. I'm seeing that we're down by like 14 points, 14, 21, 21, 28. I'm saying to myself, I'm like, what's going on? Like, what are y'all doing? It, it was like to me it was like weird that we were down by like seven like in like we were down by seven at one point but I was like oh they're gonna come back but they didn't 
You know what it was? Because and the only thing I learned, too, the one thing I learned about this game is a lot of these teams that were coming in, I'm not going to say they didn't come to play because they did. They made a close game on us. Some games were closer than others. But what the one thing I learned was ODU didn't come in to, to, to play, not just to play. They came in to put their foot up our ass. And what they were going to do was they were going to make sure that they were not going to let their foot off that pedal. We talked about this millions of times. You keep your foot on that gas pedal and you go 200 miles per hour every single time you're on that field. That's what ODU did to you. So now it's time to learn from it. Now it's time to take this, take this hit to the chin, see where you went wrong, and correct it. That's it. That's all you got to do. But, yeah, yeah. We you Go ahead, Mario. Yeah, but I was just going to say, but if you want to, you know, take this in the chin and keep getting hit and not learn, that's up to you guys. But if you guys do want to take that in the chin, you want to learn from this, something's got to change. There's got to be a culture change. Something's got to, you guys got to work harder. Simple as that. Yeah, and I just really, I'm glad you said it because that's really what I wanted to say was that this Saturday comes around. They can't win. They can't get this bad taste out of their mouth. They have to. They're not going to, nothing's going to change. It's basically like buy one loss, get one free because they can't change anything for two weeks. So in, in part, it's good that we lost now because they're going to have to sit there and there's nothing they can do this weekend that's going to get anyone's perception of them out of their mind or it's going to change the fact that they're 6-1 and one instead of 7-0. and up. So we get to lose twice and, yeah, I mean, everything, everybody just said, we've been on some soapboxes before, but – this is one of the better ones, and I mean, what are you going to do from here? That's all we need to know. Well, and that's the big question. Um, I want to go back and, and talk more about the game itself. Blake Watson sets a career record, sets an Old Dominion record. 18 carries, 256 yards, three touchdowns. That's a 14.2-yard average. You're going to win exactly zero games where you give up a rusher 14 yards on average. That's a first down and a half every time that guy touched the ball. And it wasn't trick plays. It wasn't speed options. It wasn't a triple option attack that that Coastal just wasn't ready for. It was trap zone. Old Dominion was pulling their guard and their tackle and running zone every play. Coastal Carolina never had anybody set the edge. They never had an outside linebacker or a defensive end say, you're not allowed to get outside of me. That's basic football 101. That's stuff you're taught in first grade at flag football. They didn't do it. They had zero linebackers flowing to follow the pulling offensive linemen. That's basic football. They allowed themselves to get pinned. They allowed themselves to get dominated. And on far too many plays, Old Dominion walked into the end zone without being touched. That's a failure of your scheme. That's a failure of your athletes. That's a failure of this team and this coaching staff. At the very least, make him break a couple tackles before he gets into the end zone. They couldn't even do that. And I talked a lot last week about Coastal Carolina's defense being opportunistic and bad. This week, they weren't even opportunistic. I mean, Hayden Wolf only had 180 yards passing. But he was 12 of 16. That's four incompletions. Coastal Carolina's defense forced four total incompletions and zero turnovers. It's the first game all year that Coastal Carolina has not forced a turnover. And they lost it and they got embarrassed. And I'm fairly confident that in four out of the six games, probably five out of the six games that we played this season, if our defense doesn't force the insane amount of turnovers that they did, Coastal Carolina might be a one-win team right now. This defense is a sad excuse of a unit. Chad Staggs is a sad excuse of a coach. And if somebody doesn't get them right in the next two weeks, Marshall and App State 
and Southern Miss and James Madison and even Virginia, as embarrassing as they are, are going to make us look stupid. They're going to make us look like the Coastal Carolina team that just left the FCS, that just graduated to the Sun Belt. And we can't have that happen. This team is sitting in a really good spot to be the next Cincinnati. To be the next, you know, a couple of years ago when Utah was in the Mountain West and they were competitive. The next Boise State. Coastal Carolina can be that. I don't know that this team and this coaching staff has the ability to do that anymore. It's concerning, and that's not me being doom and gloom. I hope Coastal Carolina finishes the season 11-1. and But that was the performance that I knew this team had in them. That was the performance that this team showed us over and over and over again. That if they didn't force turnovers, was going to happen. I don't know if it's a change in personnel that's necessary. After a game like that, nobody's job should be safe. If they release the starting lineup, which Coastal Carolina doesn't really do, but two weeks from now when we take on Marshall, if it's the same starting 22 players, we got problems. Because that tells me simply and easily enough that this coaching staff is not evaluating their players. They're going based off of name only. And they're going off of results and, oh yeah, I guess he's been around enough that he deserves to play. Josh, you you talked to, to Michael McDoom and we've talked extensively about this guy on this podcast, about how good of an athlete he is, how good of a player he is. Where's his chance been? They throw him out yeah. there on kick returns and don't ever let him return it. Yeah, I mean, and that that is something like we were down 21, 28 points at the end of that game, and they were letting him return it. But I mean, you could just see, and he was, I mean, he was obviously voicing his frustrations aloud. He's like, I mean, there's only so much he can do. He gets one chance to return a kick return, and is we know the kick return defense has gotten so much better over the past X amount of years. It's really hard to return a kick for a touchdown, and he's such an explosive athlete. And, being that, like, I'm telling you, I was on the sideline for this game. So, like, and I was watching everybody. I had this podcast in mind, like, the whole time I was looking at how everyone's demeanor was. And he was a guy that was just frustrated and wished he could do more, but he can't do anything more than return some kickoffs. And third quarter on, that's what he did. Is he returned every single kickoff that was kicked. And it's like, there's only so much he can do. But, yeah, guys like that, man, like – even if, like, obviously they're not using his redshirt year because he's played in every game so far. So he's already, that's already out the window. I'm just saying, give this man a chance. He's a winner. He cares, obviously. And he just, he's a competitor. He wants to win. So, like, guys like that, that's who we need on the field. And, like, the offense, obviously the offense has severe problems in this game because there were many third and longs. Because, and I, I don't know if this is game plan or whatever, but, We've said this all year, and it's like we cannot keep establishing the run so much where we obviously can't run the ball very well. 2.1 yards of carry, are you kidding me? 42 rushes in a game you lost by 40 points, almost 30 points? That's, you know, when you think about game script, it's like, oh, you should be throwing the ball every time. No, we ran the ball 42 times. You know how much time that ran off the clock? It's like, I don't know, but we got to make a switch somewhere. Matthew McDoom deserves a chance to play somewhere. I don't give a shit if it's running back, wherever. Throw him out there at cornerback. Because the defense, for one, they were walking after every play. Nobody was talking to each other. And when Old Dominion was driving it down the field in the fourth quarter and any chance we had at a comeback was slipping away, I didn't see nothing. I didn't see anything that shared that they wanted to win the game where they were to come together as a unit and make a stop. I had zero confidence that our defense was going to step up and make a stop because they just didn't seem like a unit together. And the offense did. They talked together before the the drive, and I had faith that they were going to go out there and try to at least do something, but the defense just didn't have that. Yeah, and it's it's frustrating because when you get players like Matthew McDoom, like this guy is probably, you know, he's he's once – 
you know, one of the best to ever come through this program. You know, second highest recruit ever in coastal history. And they're not even playing this guy. So it kind of makes me wonder, like, you know, Matthew's not getting a lot of playing time here. The possibility after the season, will he transfer? And all us here think that he will. He can go anywhere else and make big contributions anywhere else. He has that kind of talent. He has that kind of – he has that kind of – that talent. He has it. And you got that type of player, and I get the emergence of Jared Brown, and I'm not knocking Jared Brown, but at this point, we got to be trying to use all the type of players that we have on this roster to our benefit. We have to. We got the players. We got the talent. But the only thing is we're not using it. And the thing that kills me is, you know, our coaches don't use, don't like to do adjustments. And if we do do adjustments, it's only one adjustment. And it kills me because I know what kind of defense we could be, the potential we have, and I know what kind of potential we could have as an offense. We've had – we had one game on the offense where we had over 40 points. One game this year, and that was against Georgia State. And I told – and I was telling talking to the guys – Ever since that Georgia State game, we scored 41 points on that Thursday night in Atlanta. We have not scored. We've been going down as far as scoring. The following week against Georgia Southern, we had 34 points. The following week against ULM, we had 28 points. And then this week, this past weekend, we had just 21 points. Our offense is not looking as dominant and as precise as it used to do, used to be in the past two years. We have to try to figure something out. It's not just the defense. It's the offense, too, because it gets to a point where Grayson's only trying to throw to three players. And I can tell you who those three players are. It's Jared Brown, it's Sam Pinckney, and it's Tyler Roberts. It's those three guys. It is those three guys because those are the only ones that are contributing. But other players have to step up. If they don't want to – if no, listen, it's just this simple. If you don't want to play, just say it. Let the coach take your helmet. Put somebody else in there that wants to make a play. It's that simple. Because I know there are guys on that team that want to win, that want to make a contribution to this team. And if you don't want to do that, if you want to just wear the jersey, if you want to just wear the shiny clear on the side of the helmet, if you want to just get all the nice gear, the hoodies, you know, the shirts, the sweatpants, if you, the shoes, if you want to get all that, you don't need to be on this team because we want winners here. We're trying to change the the, the program here. We're trying to change it into something special for not just those two years where the seniors came from last year and they're gone. We want to try to keep this thing consistent, like we're on an app state level. We want to try to be like that. But we can't be like that when players don't want to step up and don't want to do anything. You let talking get to you while you're playing a game, it's talk. We used to get on the other team's head. Now other teams are getting in our head because we can't play our game. It's, it's really ridiculous. And I just read where they're going to put us, like, Two play two people from ESPN had did a re, um, a report on where they think we may end up. We were, you know, high up here, and I and I feel like we shouldn't have said anything about CBS Sports and putting us in the Cotton Bowl because maybe that's what it did. Maybe that was what it was. Maybe the players heard us say that, but now they got us in the New Orleans Bowl. Like I predicted, I predicted New Orleans Bowl. But I didn't want us to be that. I wanted us to be better than that. One of them said the New Orleans Bowl was a prediction for us, and the other had us in the Birmingham Bowl. In the middle of damn Alabama. You guys want to go to Alabama? You guys want to go to New Orleans? Or do you want to go to somewhere better than that? You guys want to go to Alabama? Or I'll tell you another place where you end up. You'll Shit, be I'll go to New Orleans. Well, New Orleans is good. Yes, I agree. Bourbon <laughs> Street. Sean Show will take on Bourbon Street with a passion. But – you guys want to end up at the Myrtle Beach Bowl? You guys want to stay in your dorms or your apartments? You know, maybe Coach will lighten it up a little bit. Maybe he'll take you down to downtown Myrtle. He'll put you in one of them nice hotels, you know what I'm saying? Maybe put you a little bus ride back all the way up uh, 501. You know, y'all want, y'all want to be in the Myrtle Beach Bowl again? Y'all want to be in the Myrtle Beach Bowl? Just let me know. Because I feel like this team has higher expectations than the Birmingham Bowl, the New Orleans Bowl, and the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Yeah, that's got to be my favorite dig in the history of this podcast is if you want to stay in your dorms and go to the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Cause I'm just I don't know another school that has that opportunity for a dig, and I just love it. And, I mean, it's true, though. Like, do you want to play in the Myrtle Beach Bowl by default because you won six games? 
or do you want to go somewhere? Because frankly, you don't deserve to go somewhere because the Sunbelt's got to put a team in the Myrtle Beach Bowl anyway. You got to show them something. We've been saying all year, you got to show the Sunbelt something too. So, yeah, that's my favorite dig in the history of the podcast, though. I'm eager to see what Curtis has to say. Curtis, go ahead and take it away, bro. <laughs> so a couple of things. One, on Matthew McDoom, uh, it's very clear that we don't trust our safeties anyways. Throw that guy at safety. We don't ever play man coverage because we don't trust our safeties deep. At the very least, that guy's got 4-3 track speed to make up for it. Let's do something interesting and something fun. No, 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 no. I take that back. Sorry. That's scary to coach Coach Chad Staggs. Something new and interesting? Holy shit. No, 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 no. Can't do that shit. Start somebody other than JT Killen? Start somebody other than Gerard Clark? <laughs> Holy fuck. I can't do that shit. That's like a fucking boogeyman coming out of the closet for his ass. And the other thing is, is you talked a lot there about wanting it. You talked a lot about this team very clearly has players on it that want it. And those players need to step up and need to show the coaches that they can't be ignored anymore. As much as the coaches try to ignore them and ignore them constantly, they can't be ignored anymore. Our offensive line is dog shit. Seven sacks? Really? 2.1 yards average? Really? Grayson McCall had 350-some yards passing. He did all of it while running for his goddamn life. Something has to change here. Something has to change and something has to move. This isn't 2020 anymore. You aren't one of only three teams that got spring practice in. People forget that. In 2020, Coastal Carolina's spring game happened in the second week of March. And in the third week of March, the world ended because of COVID. This team still thinks it's 2020. And they got embarrassed for it. Deservedly so. I hope that this is the eye-opener that they've needed. I've said that a couple times on this podcast. But I just, I don't trust this coaching staff anymore. I really don't. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Jamie Chadwell has had interviews somewhere else. It wouldn't surprise me if his eyes are already lighting up at the possibility of coaching Nebraska. Or coaching, you know... Texas or Arizona State coaching one of these programs and and moving up the ladder if you will and I hope that's not the case I hope he hasn't given up or yeah or Georgia Tech too yeah I hope he hasn't given up but I think he might have and I think the second the leader of your program has given up and has moved on the rest of the team follows suit and Grayson McCall can't win football games on his own as much as he damn well tries. Yeah, and going back to the problem, Curtis, I think I think honestly, this I think the biggest problem with this entire team this entire year has been mentality. Their mentality has not been in the right place whatsoever. Started when they were barely beating teams and they were all being brash and cocky, talking about how, how they're the kings of every single place they played in please like enough with that i hated that when they said it like i hate it now and then on top of that like like jordan said i'm glad he said it we're letting people we're letting players like talk talk to us and then we're taking offense to that excuse me but last time i checked you're on a football field your job is to tackle someone your job is to run through somebody so if you're going to talk that to me next time we go head to head you best believe i'm coming full steam at you you best believe it like and on top of that the one thing i noticed too and it's no dig at Grayson. I remember when um it was a Georgia it was the Georgia Southern game, and I remember that like little targeting thing that happened, right? And what I noticed about it too was Grayson got upset, and I'm not saying he had no he he didn't have a reason to be upset. He got upset and he got up and he started talking to uh, Derek Canteen. And Derek Canteen just looked at him right in his face and was like, "What are you gonna do about it?" That's me. 
I'm going to be real. I'm, and you can believe this or not. This is just the way I was raised. If that's me, oh, you best believe if I come at you, it's going full speed. And we're going to have to, and we're going to test that right now. We're going to test. We're going to see who's tougher. We're going to see that. Because I don't need to say nothing to you. I don't need to talk shit to you. All I need to do is prove it on that field. We are on a football field. I can tackle you. I can run through you. But instead, you're going to let these guys talk to you and you're going to take offense to it? Please. Come on. Like, let's be real. This mentality that Coastal has is not in the right place right now. It's it's not. We Back in 2020, these guys, they used to be, some of them were a little, like, a little cocky. Some of them were a little loud. But for the most part, these guys were quiet and they would hit you. And you would know about it. They, they wouldn't talk. They let their game talk for them. That's what you got to do. And that's what this team is not doing. This team did not have the right mentality. When they barely win, they're over here celebrating about it like they just won a championship. You didn't win shit. I'm sorry, but you're four and you at the time you were fucking three and oh or four and oh, whatever the case might be. You didn't win nothing. You didn't do anything yet. You should still have that chip on your shoulder that people that people underestimate you. The fact that you don't, it's sad. That's the mentality you should have. That no matter what we do, it's never good enough. So we gotta keep proving it on that field. And they don't do that. That's what you have to do. It's, just, it's it, like this mentality that this team has, it's not good at all. And and what Curtis said. I'm going to be real. If, if Coach Chadwell is already looking ahead and glowing his eyes up at Arizona State, Georgia, uh, Georgia Tech, he's doing he's making the same mistake that everybody else is. He is. He's looking ahead and he's not looking at what's in the present moment because you're not Garrett. I'm sorry, but like he's a good coach. We think he is. And as much as we would like to believe that he can get a coaching job somewhere else, you're not guaranteed nothing in this life. You're not. So look in the moment. Live in the moment. Look around you. Before before the uh, Old Dominion game, Coastal, Georgia, and Alabama were the only three teams that were, went 28-3 and three throughout that span of time. Live in the moment. You, you are part of a team that even though isn't as good as we thought they were, they, they were a very good program. They were a good program. Live in the moment, but he doesn't, but nobody's doing that right now. We're all just we're all just out here celebrating lit like acting like we've done something, but we haven't done nothing. And I'm gonna be real, you haven't done nothing until the season is over and there is a trophy in that trophy case until the last bowl game that there is. You have not done anything. I'm being real, and that's not me being mean. No, that's me being truthful. You haven't done nothing, but keep that mentality. You haven't done nothing until the end of the season. Because Jordan said it too. You want to murder Beach Bowl? That's no problem. You wanna, you wanna, you wanna go to Alabama and Birmingham? That's no problem. But you know what? You should be tracing better. I don't care if you beat a team sixteen to nothing. What could I do better? There's a reason why the only difference between us, Alabama, and Georgia is Alabama and Georgia actually correct their wrongs and they actually learn from it. And we don't know if you're gonna learn from this. You got to prove that to us. Jordan said it. You got to show me something. I've said it. Stay humble. Start doing those two things. Yeah, so so there's a lot of things that I need to say real quick. And first of all, the point you literally just made is like we haven't really had a chance to correct our mistakes in a long time because our loss before was in the, the first loss we had in those three was a bowl game. End of the season, dude's leaving. You forget all about that. By the time you play is eight months later. Then we lost the App State game. And pretty much you can chalk that up to it's the App State. They were hyped up. They had a full stadium. They had a sellout crowd. They were ready to play. We don't need to fix anything. We lost by three. We'll get them next time. Then we lost to Georgia State. It was Bryce Carpenter at quarterback. We lost by one or two points. It's like two-point conversion goes in. We go to overtime and win that game without Grayson. We don't need to fix anything. This is the first game since I've been at the school as a student that we have gotten our asses kicked, that we've had something other than excuses to fall back on, and this is the first time that you really got to look at yourself in the mirror and fix something because we had our full squad. We brought everybody to the fight. We got our asses kicked. Some kind of changes on y'all. Second of all, they just did a J- Jamie Chadwell, and he said this in the press, no chance he's looking ahead to other jobs because they just did a thing this week. It's like, and he basically put down every other job that's ever been offered to him. And he reiterated, and he said he doesn't know how many times he has to do that, and he understands that it's the publicity and there's the distractions, but he's fully committed to Coastal, and he's completely content with trying to build a winner at Coastal. But 
other people don't seem to want to let him do that. So I don't think it's anything to do with Jamie Chadwell. I read that damn article this week. He's all in on Coastal, and everything that he said after the press conference was 100% true. He said, and Gerard Clark even said right after him, he came right after that, a lot of these newer guys, and he said him included, he's no excuse, were so consumed with being 6-0. and And when you're 6-0, and you're perceived perfect. And you don't have anything to fix, no matter how you got there, because there is a saying that people will say is a win's a win, and that's true. But a win's not going to stay a win if you don't look at what went wrong during those wins. And we have hid behind those wins. We didn't fix anything. All of the things we've been saying all season, we haven't fixed. And we finally got a damn competent team to come in here that has obviously shouted to their scouting department and their podcast listening department. They listened to our damn podcast. They saw what they needed to attack, and they damn attacked it. So Old Dominion came ready to play. Gerard, uh, James Chadwell said now it's people that are on this team that think that because we're Coastal Carolina, we've won X amount of games in the last three years, that people are going to – we're going to roll that out, and people are just going to bow down to us. And Old Dominion didn't do that, and they're one of the teams that didn't do that in the past couple of years, although everybody else has done that this season. We've just been talented enough to get by without really changing anything. So we saw what happens when that happens, and we're not talented to roll it out anymore. We can't get by on talent. So all our NFL players are gone. Now you got to replace them. you got to step up. you got to change something. And like we said 100,000 times a season, you're talented enough. You have the more – as much potential in the world and as much as these other teams, but damn, the mindset got to change. And you got to change something to get to that potential because the way you've been playing the first seven weeks of the season, it's not going to get you anywhere you want to be. And, uh, you know, there's a famous quote that's probably brought up a lot when it comes to coastal football. And it's from coach David Bennett. And I think if it was ever a time to say it, it's to say it now. You know, Dev, Coach Bennett, he he was in a press conference. He was talking about, you know, there was a cat in the house, at his house. Cat got in the house. And his dog, Bo, was, was barking a lot at the cat, trying to get the cat. And, you know, Coach Bennett was saying it to his players back in the day. He said, you need to be more like a dog. You know, we don't need no meows. We need more. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. And when he said that, I was thinking specifically about this team. We got a lot of meows on the team. Got a lot of meows on the team. And it ain't, and I ain't trying to knock on nobody. I ain't trying to tell somebody how they are or what they feel like. I'm just telling you what it is. When it comes to that football team, we need more dogs. It's just that simple. We ain't got no dogs on the team. The only dog we really got on the team is number 10. That's under center who takes the snaps. That's the only dog on the team I really feel like we got. But, you know, we, we got to do better. It's, it's just that simple. And if we don't do better, then, you know, Curtis said the second time when he got on here, when he changed his prediction, I believe this man said seven and five. And he has a chance to, to be right about that. He has a chance. If we play like we did this weekend, he damn sure has a chance. I think I will be right. He has a chance. And we're only six and one. So how do you – and I, I said it earlier, how do you want to be remembered? Do you want to be remembered for going six and oh and then losing five out of your last six, being seven and five, proving Curtis right yet again? But I said a couple weeks ago, it's like last week, just last week. Well, how is it going to look when you're the first – one of the first – batch of 10 teams eligible for a bowl game and you win seven or eight games. How's that going? We we need we need more dogs. Coach Bennett was right. When Coach Bennett said that, he was right. And I ain't talking about back when he was coaching and talking about the players. He was talking about this team. We need more dogs. So I hope the players hear this. And I hope that Coach Bennett can give a, a call to Coach Chadwell. And I hope he can reiterate that we need more dogs because we need some more dogs. I hey, there was a famous TikTok. If you see these dogs in your front yard, hey, we need more dogs in the front yard at, at damn Brook Stadium. That's what we need. I'm just being real with you, and that's that's all I can say. Mario, you got it. Take it away. Right, and you know what? Like Curtis said, seven and five. I said eleven and one. Both those things are still possible. 
they would have to go one and five for Curtis. They would have to go five and one. Uh, they would have to go five and um five and zero oh for me in order to make one of those trips. Here's the thing, and we and me and Curtis, we we argued about it. You know, we we disputed about this. You know, it never got released, but we disputed about this. At the end of the day, you got to prove one of those things right. You're either gonna prove Kurt, it's gonna either lean more towards Curtis. You guys just didn't adjust and you didn't do what you were supposed to do and we're seven and five or close to that. Or you made the adjustments you needed and you're closer to 11 and one or you're at 11 and one. Both those things are still possible, but it's time to prove it. It's time to prove it. At this point, this is what I'm saying. I keep saying, I'll say it one more time. Stay humble. Because if I got to hear you guys talking again, let me tell you something. The same thing's going to happen to you again. Every single time you get cocky, there's going to be a time you get humble. So unless you want to get back to that humbled spot, stay humble. It's as simple as that. You know, me and Jordan, actually, me and Jordan, we're uh, we're pretty, we're, we're religious people to say, you know, Jordan goes to me and Jordan go to church every Sunday or most Sundays when we can. And the and uh, it was a few weeks ago. And I remember, uh, I don't know, if, I don't know if they were told Jordan, but for me, it was, um, if you are humble, the humble will be exalted. Be that, be humble. And get it and, and become exalted. But the second you get cocky is the second you're dropping down that hill. Because I'm telling you, all those times you were cocky, it caught up to you right now. And that feeling that you have right now, keep that throughout the entire season. That's the only way you're going to get better. But what I'm just saying, going back to what we said, one of us is going to be more right than the other. I'm just hoping that I'm right So uh, for you guys. And I hope that you guys can make those adjustments. If not, you guys are playing in a Myrtle Beach Bowl and Curtis is right. It's as simple as that. I have already booked my hotel for Myrtle Beach <laughs> in, in December. Shit, me too. I'm paying the lease right now. Like, I just... And this team is so frustrating. So, so frustrating. Man, we gotta release that um, Gardner Webb episode as like the start of our Patreon or something. Because that's got to be the most referenced episode we've ever had, and it never came out. How much we charge him for that, Curtis? Shit, like two bucks. Come on. I was gonna say a hundred bucks a month. Yeah. You, want some, you want some premium content? You pay up for it. That, <laughs> that, that episode has been is the most spot on that we've ever done on this damn yeah. show, especially well, until in, last week. Well, yeah, but. In terms of the fact that we were undefeated then and we won three games after that, but everything we said in that still stayed true. Like, we didn't get blindsided by the results. We didn't get blindsided by the cheap-ass wins. It's like we know that – and I know this team knows it as well. you got you got to show something. You can't just scrape by bad teams. And, like, I know – and I saw it on the sideline. They're hurting after this win, but, like, you got to change some shit or – Guess what? Like we've been saying all season, it doesn't get any easier after this week. This was the start of the week. Curtis predicted it that we would lose to this damn team, and we lost to a damn commuter school. Straight up, I could have gone there for five thousand dollars a year. I could have lived at home. I'm at Coastal Carolina. You know what? You know how many texts I had this weekend sitting on the sidelines from my friends that are living at home with their parents going to Old Dominion because it's a damn commuter school. Way too many. That's all I'm saying. And this this is embarrassing. And like the, the great Brian Quigley said, is he ain't going to get over this for a long time. But, I mean, what are you going to do to bounce back from this? Me and Jordan were talking. Everything that you want for this season pretty much is still intact if you get your, your shit together. We knew the loss was coming the whole time. And personally, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that it came at such the magnitude that it did because we need to wake everybody up. You look at the scoreboard that day, you're like, Coastal Carolina won by, lost by 28 points. What the hell happened? what the hell happened is what we've been saying all season. So we got exposed. And if, if like, I'm just saying, if there's not a bigger wake up call that we've ever seen, then I don't know what to say to this team. They're lost for damn hope. I think that everything this team wanted is still on the table. I, I will agree. with It you. is. Yeah. I think the new year six is off the table at this point. I don't see a way Probably. back into that. However, a major bowl game is still on the table. Sunbelt Sun East champs, still on the table. Yep. Sunbelt period champs, still on the table. And this team can do that. I think major changes and major shakeups are needed. It wouldn't surprise me at all if I was dead on the money, yet again, that we finished the season 7-5. and five. 
it wouldn't surprise me at all if Mario was right and dead on the money with us finishing 11-1. and one. We have the talent. We have the quarterback. The offensive line and the defense is questionable. But they can improve and they can learn from this. I think the stat that needs to stand out and the only stat and the final stat that I will leave this program with is 0-1. This week, Coastal Carolina went 0-1. Next week, they go 1-0, and you start to, well, two weeks from now, you start to move on. You start to believe in this team again, and the roller coaster starts going uphill yet again. I'm excited for that. I hope that that comes to fruition, and I hope a lot. I hope a lot of victories are left in this football team. With that, I think I go ahead and sign us off. Follow us on Instagram at Shant Show, on Twitter at The Shant Show. Uh, I don't know, man. It's tough. Uh, send us questions. That's that's the best thing I can say because I don't think anybody really deserves a game ball this week. So send me, send us in questions. Um, I'd love to do like a little press conference section at the end of, of episodes. Um, look for us to start following uh, a more regular posting schedule. I, I know we've received some comments about pregame episodes going up a little late to where people don't have a chance to listen to them. We're working on it. Trust us. We know, um, be on the lookout for on our socials for, uh, merch and new ideas. Um, we're, uh, we're about to jump in after this recording, uh, and talk about all the exciting things we have coming down the pipe with that. So with that, Sean's up forever. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that I get to say Sean's up two weeks from now and rub it in to the face of another new Sunbelt member that they don't belong. Don't give Old Dominion don't give Marshall, don't give James Madison the chance to own this conference. Shots up forever, baby.